Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be in his house today. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20. Let's receive the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 20, verses 1 and 2. Now Pasher, the son of Immer, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pasher struck Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. There was a prophet in the land, a man with the utterance of Almighty God. In chapter 19, the word of the Lord flowed through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah the priest, born to be a prophet. The word was serious in nature. The Lord had pronounced doom. Jeremiah 19, verses 1 to 3, Thus says the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen flask. And take some of the elders of the people and some of the elders of the priests and go out to the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the potsherd gate, and proclaim there the words that I will tell you. And say, hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring such a catastrophe on this place that whoever hears of it, his ears will tingle. What a responsibility, carrying such a word. What a weight, delivering such a word. Why had such a word come to the prophet? Why this prophetic burden. Well, verses 4 to 9, because they have forsaken me and made this an alien place, because they have burned incense in it to other gods, whom neither they, their fathers, nor the kings of Judah have known, and have filled this place with the blood of the innocents. They have also built the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or speak, nor did it come into my mind. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. And I will make void the council of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies, and by the hands of those who seek their lives. Their corpses I will give as meat for the birds of heaven and for the beasts of earth. I will make this city desolate and a hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and hissed because of all its plagues. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters. And everyone shall eat the flesh of his friend 
in the siege and in the desperation with which their enemies and those who seek their lives shall drive them to despair. What a responsibility, carrying this weight. What a call. Delivering the word of the Lord. Speaking what God would have spoken. That if people might hear. And here we come to the sign of the broken flask, verses 10 to 15. Then you shall break the flask in the sight of the men who go with you and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Even so I will break this people in this city as one breaks a potter's vessel, which cannot be made whole again. And they shall bury them in Tophet till there is no place to bury. Thus I will do to this place, says the Lord, and to its inhabitants, and make this city like Tophet. And the houses of Jerusalem and the houses of the kings of Judah shall be defiled like the place of Tophet because of all the houses on whose roofs they have burned incense to all the host of heaven and poured out drink offerings to other gods. Then Jeremiah came from Tophet, where the Lord had sent him to prophesy, and he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to all the people, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring on this city, on and all her towns, all the doom that I have pronounced against it because they have stiffened their necks that they might not hear my words. Jeremiah moved in accordance with the word of the Lord. He received the burden. He carried the weight. The Lord had his man. And this priest born to be a prophet followed through with delivering the word of the Lord. And we turn the page to chapter 20. When the Lord gives utterance, one must speak, regardless of reception and response. The call is obedience to simply be the instrument through which the Lord sounds. Would we speak? If it meant being struck? Would we speak the word of the Lord if it meant being put in the stocks? Everyone called of God wants a popular ministry, right? Jeremiah's ministry? Unpopular. Imagine having just delivered the word of the Lord, a word directly from the Lord. It was a harsh message. It was a weighty message, a warning of destruction. And the word goes forth, and what ends up happening to Jeremiah? This trumpet of the Lord. Humiliation. Jeremiah 21 and 2, now Pastor the son of Immer, the priest who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, 
heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pastor struck Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. A prophet struck and put in the stocks. And I quote, Stocks were like a wooden yoke. A person's neck was put in the yoke, and then their hands were twisted, and their entire body was contorted. God had spoken to Jeremiah, clearly given him the message for Jerusalem, yet here he was, locked up, humiliated, and in pain. Humiliated, in pain, and pain beyond the physical. A man with no recourse, helpless in himself. These must have been very intense moments for the prophet. Down to the minute, down to the second, it's unimaginable the strain of each tick of the clock second hand. Humiliation. And how would this be handled by the prophet? Imagine the questions. The battle of faith. Lord, I accepted the call. I carried the weight. I spoke as you commanded, and I've been struck in the natural and put in the stalks. Look at me now. This humiliation, the wages of obedience. You know, during this time, the Lord was at work. And the Lord was at work in the man Jeremiah. Verses 3 to 6, And it happened on the next day that Pasher brought Jeremiah out of the stocks. And Jeremiah said to him, The Lord has not called your name Pasher, but Magor Misaviv, a terrible name. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and your eyes shall see it. I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive to Babylon and slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the wealth of this city, all its produce and all its precious things, all the treasures of the kings of Judah I will give into the hand of their enemies." who will plunder them, seize them, and carry them to Babylon. And you, Asher, and all who dwell in your house shall go into captivity. You shall go to Babylon, and there you shall die and be buried there. You and all your friends to whom you have prophesied lies. Wow. You know, Jeremiah came out of the stocks, out of humiliation, out of pain, with an uncontainable fire, an uncontrollable fire, an unquenchable fire. This man born to be a prophet. The stocks will prove a man.
Humiliation and pain, the wages of obedience, the results of being used of God. The Lord will use these to test and try a man. To know a man. And to embolden a man. This is the place where the containment and confinement or the release of fire is determined. This is something worked out between the individual and the Lord. Jeremiah 27 9, O Lord, you induced me and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in derision daily, literally laughing stock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted violence and plunder. Because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. These are serious moments with the Lord. Things are being worked out. Lord, I didn't think I was ready. Thought I was too young. You persuaded me. You enticed me. Look at where I am. All alone, mocked. I'm a laughing stock, humiliated, and in pain. And those words, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily, then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. What happens next? I can't answer concerning each of us. But I do know what happened next concerning Jeremiah. The words of David Wilkerson. Every follower of Christ has a mandate from God. We are to speak the words God lays on our hearts, on our lips. Speak God's words on the job. Speak it in the home. Speak it wherever you go. God will give you the words to speak. If you are praying at home and on your face before God, by the time you go out in public, God will have already given you his words to speak. In your times before the Lord, God will plant his words in your soul so they can bear fruit in your conversations. If only you turn and tune your heart to his. Jeremiah reached a low point in his ministry the night pasture had him put in the stocks, though. He was a godly man, a caring man, yet he was tortured. So Jeremiah complained to the Lord, saying, You have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I am, and you have prevailed. 
I'm in derision daily and everyone mocks me. The word deceived here means seduced. What this prophet is saying cannot be sugarcoated. He is saying, God, you called me. You anointed me. You said I was called from my mother's womb. I do not understand this kind of pain and mockery and derision that I'm going through now. You never told me about this. In other words, Jeremiah is saying, God has opened him up to derision, to being exposed. Angry, Jeremiah declares, God, I do not understand. You have opened me up to mockery and I have ended up a failure. I am nothing but a foolish, humiliated man. Quite the words. Have you been there? Have you felt the strike? The pain and humiliation, the helplessness, the arresting power of the stocks. The question is, what now? Is that it? Is it over? No more being persuaded by God. No more being used of God. No more being available. This is how quick a prophet, a spokesperson for the Lord can turn dumb, turn mute, voiceless, silent. Shut the fire up for good. This is how quick we can turn dumb and mute and voiceless and silent. And heaven forbid we turn to prophesying lies. The stocks will prove them, man. Further words. Perhaps you can imagine what Jeremiah went through that night of torture. I can relate and maybe you can too. Perhaps you are going through your night of torture a painful and humiliating situation. I know the pain Jeremiah felt going through a night of confusion. You say things you never thought you'd say. Perhaps you find yourself saying, enough, God, I can't go on. I'm not going to live this Christian life anymore. I had it easier when I was in the world. When Jeremiah complained, God did not correct him. He did not rebuke him because God saw Jeremiah's heart. He saw the fire burning within. I believe God was saying, this is my man. He is just letting off a little steam. He is angry because I'm doing something new in him. But he will come out of the fire with a faith that cannot be shaken. Once Jeremiah was released the next day, he had even more fire in his bones. He would not be intimidated. God's eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth so he can show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. God himself will bring you out of whatever it is you're going through. 
I do not know what you might be going through. But here is what the prophet Jeremiah said. I will not make mention of God. He said, I will no longer speak his name. And then he came to his senses. But God's word was in my heart. Like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Are you there today? Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let the enemy shut you up. Don't let pain and humiliation and the stalks of immobility turn you into a mute. The word of the Lord must go forth. Even if derision, even if fed the bread of affliction and drink the water of affliction. If we're in the stocks right now, in the midst of pain and humiliation and confusion, and we find ourselves saying things we never thought we would say, Lord, bring us to our senses. Come to your senses today. Let these moments be the very moments God turns up the fire in your bones. The word of the Lord has a lot to say about bones. There's something about bones. The word of the Lord speaks of their significance, their importance, their power, their potential, their influence. Elisha. A man used mightily of God, a prophet, many years of utterance, one that spoke and acted as the Lord directed. 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Then Elisha died, having prophesied at least 55 years, and they buried him. And the raiding bands of Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders, and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. Surely, there was still fire burning in those bones. Enough power and fire of God to bring dead things to life. And even in death, bones full of the fire of God cannot be contained. If we can hear the Spirit of the Lord speak today, the KJV, they cast a man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. I know that the Lord is still using the bones of those that have gone before us to bring dead things to life, to bring corpses to life. Cast the corpses into the sepulcher of those that had the fire of God in their bones, and we will see that those bones are full of fire still. I want to encourage the church today. Get into their books. Take in their writings, receive the counsel and example, and let the fire that cannot be shut up ignite an inferno in you.
Those bones still bring dead things to life. You ever found the writing of a holy man that had fire in his bones or a holy woman? You pick up that book, you open it up, and all of a sudden you find yourself. It's like you fell into the sepulcher and you came out more alive than ever, burning. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36, verses 37 and 38. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. As the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feasts, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. What a word. What a word from the Lord. And we turn the page to chapter 37. The hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel. The Lord had his man. And the Lord was about to add fuel to the fire in this man's bones. Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 10. And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Lord, take us there today. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered over them. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. The man Ezekiel, he knew his place before the Lord. He wasn't presumptuous, he was pure in his answering of the Lord. The Lord said to him, prophesy. Prophesy to what? Death? 
dry bones. Impossibility, but not for the word of the Lord. Ezekiel begins to prophesy, and you know the fire is being turned up. Utterance begins to flow. And as I prophesied a noise, a rattling, bones coming together, bone to bone, sinews and the flesh coming upon them, skin covering over them. But there was no breath. The Lord is right here with this man. With this man with fire in his bones. The word of the Lord being declared and proclaimed over an impossible situation. An impossible scene. A hopeless environment. He said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. Yes. And breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Listen. When one with fire... In their bones, speak as the Lord directs. Situations deemed hopeless will know the power of God. He spoke as he was commanded. We must be precise. No addition. No omission. Church bones came together. Sinews and flesh and skin upon them, but there was no breath in them. Dry bones. We know what breath does to an embryonic fire. How much more the breath of God, the Spirit of God. This is what it takes to produce an exceedingly great army, an army with fire in their bones. Joseph, something about bones. Genesis 50, verses 25 and 26. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. This oath meant a great deal, and it was remembered, and it was fulfilled. The time had come, the great deliverance of the Lord. Exodus 13, verses 19 and 20, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey. What's the big deal? Just a bag of bones, right? 
obviously, it was a big deal. These bones served their purpose in Egypt, but it was time for them to come out. The deliverance of the Lord was at hand. And this can most definitely speak to the great day of the coming of our Lord. You know, it's incredible that the bones of Joseph are mentioned in the great faith chapter of the Bible. Just a bag of bones, right? Hebrews eleven twenty two. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith. By faith. Joseph was a man with the fire of God in his bones. We know how God used this man. We know what this dreamer went through. Uttered the dream of God, rejected. They sought to kill him, his brothers did. Even those close to him, he was put in a pit. How would he react? Instead of killing him, they sold him into slavery, into Egypt. Winds up in Potiphar's house, serving faithfully, trusted. And Potiphar's wife created quite the situation. The man ends up in prison, forgotten. This man with fire in his bones. And you know right there in prison, God was working. God was with him. God prospered him wherever he went. Just slowly turning up the heat <laughs> until the day, until the day he'd step right where God needed him. God knows how to get us where he needs us. This man had an uncontainable, uncontrollable, unquenchable fire burning in his bones. When Joseph gave these instructions, when he said, God will visit you, God's coming. When he gave these instructions, it was a prophetic declaration of a future event. He said, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. Moses. A man with fire in his bones took the bones of Joseph, a man with fire in his bones, and carried them out of Egypt. His final resting place was in Egypt. Bones with fire, bones with the fire of God in them will be carried out on that day. The bones of Joseph are long for the journey. I can only imagine this fulfillment of a faith declaration made long ago, made by the man before this event ever took place. You know those bones served as a torch as they journeyed to the promised land. Are you here today? Weary? 
because you're trying to hold in that which was meant to burn wild and free. You're weary in your faith, weary in Christianity. Because you're trying to hold in, hold back. Contain that, which was never meant to be contained. Held back. We can have the worship team return. The Lord wants fire in the bones of every believer. The Lord wants the fire uncontained. The Lord wants the fire to produce life. The Lord wants to work miracles as the fire burns. Ask the Lord to turn up the heat. Ask the Lord to breathe on the embers. Ask the Lord to put you in contact with bones of fire, bones that can bring you to life. Lord, these bones were made to burn. Can't help but think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young men in a foreign land. <laughs> the pressure. When the music sounds, when the moment comes, everybody bow down. Bow down to what's been set up. These three young men had fire in their bones. And all that they went through in this land, I can only imagine day by day, God was just turning up the heat as they remained faithful and loyal and committed. Three young men with fire in their bones, the fire of God, the fire of consecration, the fire of devotion, the fire of confession, the very words the Lord would have them utter. And when the enemy turned up the heat, the fire in their bones could not be contained. You know, the Bible also calls us to stir ourselves up in the most holy faith. We have a responsibility to stir the fire. Stoke the fire. Get the fire burning hotter than it ever has. I believe there are many that are weary today. And it's showing up in their walk with the Lord their connection to all things that he has prescribed due to the fact that they are trying to contain that which was never meant to be contained. Whether it's in the church, whether it's in your home,
wherever you find yourself, where you know that the word of the Lord must go forth. The Lord has put the word in your mouth for a reason. He's commanded you. The only way out of weariness in this sense is to let the fire out. You say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Does it matter? Lord, I didn't know that this was part of the deal. Perhaps that's you. You're there right now like the prophet Jeremiah. You spoke as God commanded you, and you thought, be smooth sailing. And you've been struck in the natural. You felt pain. You're humiliated. A laughing stock. Daily. And you've come to the place where you say, God, I'm done. Well, the decision is yours. And it will always remain our decision. When Jeremiah was let out of the stocks, had he not had those intense moments with the Lord, he might have come out and just said, enough is enough. I'll prophesy smooth things. Or I'll just hang up, hang up the mantle. I'm not going to speak anymore. You know it could have ended right there. That could have been it. Silence. A mute. And I get the picture even of a trumpet. And perhaps we're here today. We haven't completely contained what God has told us to speak. The fire is, is burning, but you know what happens when you put a mute on a trumpet? doesn't sound like it's supposed to. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. A clarion call. Church, we are meant to burn for the Lord. A holy fire. Let's stand in this place today. Let's just ask the Lord in these closing moments and we'll pray. Just ask the Lord, say, God, turn up the heat. The fire in my bones. Perhaps you don't have the fire of God in your bones. Right now, you say, God, I'm just, my bones are dry. Let the Lord come and ignite a fire. Lord, whoever we are in the story today, turn up the heat, God. Whatever it takes, turn up the heat. We surrender to you.